Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Amen. I am very conscious of the time right now. And uh, I will not hold you long. At least that's what Elizabeth Taylor told her fourth or fifth husband. I can't promise. I don't know where that came from. (laughs) Psalms chapter 144. There are several verses of scripture that speak to us of a new psalm. I love to study those passages of scripture and what they indicate and what they describe. But today I want to draw your attention to one of those songs. The only place in scripture where this statement is made in this context. Psalm chapter 144 verse number 9. He said I will sing a new song unto the Lord. Oh God. Now, if you go back to the original, oh God is really put at the first of the statement. It's almost as if the psalmist has been recalling things from his past and the more he thought about it, the more depressed and discouraged he became until he caught himself in a moment and he said, oh God, I, We'll sing a new song unto thee. Upon a psaltery and an instrument of ten strings will I sing praises unto thee. I want to talk to you for a few moments about what you and only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Praise God. How many blessings in my life are the result of decisions that others have made concerning my life. When I think about my life, I realize that I am the recipient of many good and wonderful things, decisions that were made that have made an impact on my life, but I didn't have any part in making those decisions. I was just the recipient of those benefits. I think about my parents this morning. How many times my parents chose to bring me to the house of God to establish in my heart the essentiality and the necessity of attending church I'm thankful for that. I didn't make that decision. And there were times that I wished somehow that I might could have made my own decision about that. But I'm thankful that I didn't have a choice, that I was asked to come, I was told to come. Actually, I was on drugs a long time ago and you just didn't know it. I've never confessed that to too many people. But my mother drugged me to Sunday school. She drugged me to church on Sunday night. She drugged me to Wednesday night. She drugged, yeah. 
Anybody else know anything about those drugs? I'm... I didn't have a choice. I didn't decide that. But I'm thankful that somebody made that choice for my life. I was thinking this morning about this church years ago, almost 30 years ago, when they took a chance on a young preacher and his wife and voted us in to become the pastor of this small assembly. And my life has been changed. My life has been blessed beyond measure because of the decisions that those people made that night. And I cannot even imagine my life being anything but this. I don't remember much about what it was like before that decision was made. I didn't make it for them. They made it for me. But I have been blessed and benefited from it all of these years, and I am grateful for that. I have been selected by our brethren to serve in a district capacity. And that's a very humbling thing to know that men would put their confidence in you and choose you. I didn't make that decision, but it has impacted my life and it has brought me into places. And I have friendships today because somebody made a decision to open the door of their life and let me come in. Probably my closest friend, Brother Dennis Clark, we talk almost every day. My wife would probably tell you we talk more than she and I talk, but that's not really true. But he's he's my friend. Now, that's my take on it. You can ask her about that later. But um, I, one day, uh, almost 45, 40, 40 years ago, uh, he called me out of the clear blue. I didn't know him. I didn't know who he was, didn't know anything about him, but he called me and invited me to come and preach a revival at his church. And there was a door opened that day and a friendship that was developed that has been one of the great uh, riches of our personal lives. I didn't have a choice in that. I would. I, it didn't matter how much I may have wanted it. It took his decision to open that door and allow me to come in. And because of that, I am a better person today. I have been blessed more than I deserve. And I am thankful for all of that. But with all of that being said, I have come to understand in life that there are some places that I come in my life where I am the one that has to make the decision. I am the one that has to make up my mind this is what it's going to be. I cannot count on somebody else to make that decision for me. I cannot rely on them praying that prayer for me. I have to be the one to determine and decide in my own heart and mind. This is what I choose to do. This is what I resolve to be. This is how I choose to live my life. This is what I determine. This is what I settle in my own heart. Amen. It doesn't matter how much somebody loves you and how much they want to help you. I have to make it on my own. Somebody say that. I have to make it on my own. 
It doesn't matter how much knowledge they may be able to share with you or how many experiences in life that they've had that are similar to you. They cannot make this decision in your life. They cannot choose the song. They cannot choose the tone or tenor in which you live your life. They cannot determine. I don't care what you've been told. I don't care what somebody said to you. I don't care what's happened to you. The ultimate choice rests in your hands how you are going to respond to life and what life brings to you. And the psalmist said, in the midst of his recollections and revisiting days past, he said, oh God, I will sing a new song unto the Lord. David was the great shepherd of Israel. He was the great singer of Israel. He was the great soldier of Israel. He was at one time a sojourner and a fugitive. And, and he sat ultimately as the king over all of Israel. And in his life, he had dealt with so many things. Rebellion, isolation, jealousy, rejection, defection, disloyalty, dysfunction. All of those had been a part of his life at some time or other. He had known the ecstasy of power and he had known the betrayal of rebellion and the crisis moments of life. He had been broken. He had been afraid. He had been fearful. He had been dejected. He had felt doomed. At times he had felt isolated. At times he felt overwhelmed and times he felt cut off. This man had seen the vanity of life. That your days are but a shadow and they flee away. Here one moment and gone the next. He had faced great enemies and he had been in great waters and he had dealt with strange things in his life. But in this psalm, as David begins reliving the past and been going back into some of these old troubles and problems that he had been living through or he had lived through. He regrets really some of these things and the ups and downs that life had brought him and the highs and lows. One moment he's a national hero. The next moment he's a zero. He has looked at in hatred and suspicion. One moment he is a king. The next moment he's a fugitive. One moment he's a saint. And the next moment he's the seducer of another man's wife. He had felt the weight of all that had happened in his life. And he staggered and stumbled under the weight of those things that had taken place. When suddenly there's a shift in his spirit and in his attitude. And it is there that the psalm turns in a complete different direction. And it seems to me that David is saying to himself, I'm tired of stumbling. I'm tired of staggering. I'm tired of living with regrets. I'm tired of allowing life to beat me down. Somebody hear me this morning. And he said, I am going to make a decision that's going to change the tenor and tone of my life. I am going to make a decision that is simple 
and yet it is powerful and profound. He said, I will sing a new song unto the Lord. Somebody ought to clap your hands and determine in your mind today. I will sing a new song. He strikes a new note in his life. He declares, he determines, he decides it's going to be a new song. He takes a stand on the highlands of faith and he will not go back. He realized that there are some things in life that no one else can do for you. As much as they love you, as much as they want to help you, as much knowledge as they possess, there are some things that only you can do for yourself. There are some things that only you can choose to do. This becomes personal because so much of life we want to blame on somebody else. The reason some of you here today feel like you are miserable is because you've been hurt, you've been betrayed, you've been done wrong. The reason some of you carry wounds in your spirit today is because somebody did something that left a mark on your life and you keep going back and reliving and allowing that to control and define your life. David had had all of those things in his own life. He had been betrayed by his own son. He had been betrayed by his own people. He had been turned out as a fugitive. He had been hunted by Saul. The bloody sword of Saul was after him every day. And only because he was the great singer of Israel. And he was hated because of the anointing that was on his life. Can I tell some of you here today the reason that the devil hates you and he fights so severely against your life is because there is an anointing on your life that will break every yoke and break everything that he can put on you and he hates that anointing and so he comes to fight against that anointing and the only way he can fight against that anointing is to get you to look back to all the problems and mistakes that have happened in your life and to trap you in yesterday and what happened and what you've been through. And somebody said, well, really, Hughes, you don't know what I've been through. He does. I said, he does. Amen. He was despised and rejected of men. Amen. We turned our backs on him. Amen. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter and yet without a word. Man, he chose to go to Calvary. I'm so thankful that he made a decision that impacted my life. But just because he went to Calvary doesn't mean that what he did at Calvary can be applicable to my life unless I choose to allow it to be so. I have to open that door. I am the one that has to allow him in. And so it became very personal to David. And in this moment of revelation or enlightenment, perhaps like what we were in today, it was like to me earlier in this service, it must, I got to thinking it must, have been like this when Solomon was dedicating the temple and they had offered the sacrifices and all of that, 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 
the, the sacrifice and the smoke of those sacrifices was going up and the Lord saw it and it so pleased him. The Bible said that a cloud came and it filled the place. It filled the temple so much so that they could not even minister. They had to stop the ritual and the protocol and the program of the day because the presence of God had intervened. I think that's what happened here earlier in this building. There was a glory cloud that settled in this place. There was an anointing of God that came into this house. Why? So that you and I could understand that this is where we find freedom. This is where we find help. This is where we find strength. Amen. And he realized in that moment of revelation, I have to make a decision. I have to make a choice. He realized that he alone was responsible for doing it. No one else can. No one else can get you out of the funk that you're in right now. Quit blaming it on your spouse. Quit blaming it on your job. Quit blaming it on your kids. You alone are responsible for getting yourself out of that dark place in your life. And God has given you the tools to do it. That when you open your mouth and you begin to pray, you begin to sing. There is something that transforms life in that moment. And God takes all of that and brings order where there was chaos. Amen. I am thankful that David decided to let faith speak and silence his fears. So many of you have been listening to that voice of fear in your own life. And this morning, God has come to help you begin to speak words of faith again. I will live and not die. I will live and not die. I will live and not die. I am more than a conqueror. I am. Somebody say I am. I am. I am more than a conqueror. He determined to stop allowing the past to define his life. And he let the faithfulness of God and the promises of the future draw him. And when you make that decision, it is going to transform your life. It is interesting to note that the 145th Psalm is called David's Psalm. Only place in the the book of Psalms where that statement is made. Many times it said the Psalm of David, but this was David's Psalm. Read the 145th Psalm. It is an accumulation of all of these things that David had learned in his life. And it was a shift in the rest of the Psalm from that 
point forward. All that remains of the book of Psalm 145, 146, 147, 148, 149, 150 are nothing but anthems of praise. Praise to the Lord. Praise to His King. Praise to His Majesty. Praise to His glory. Oh yes, He had discovered something in this moment of darkness. I have a choice in how I live the rest of my life and I choose to live in the light of God's blessing and in the light of God's presence and in the light of His love. Amen. David talked in the Psalms, the 144th Psalm, about the hurtful sword. It's a powerful statement, the hurtful sword. He had had many of them drawn against him. Goliath's sword, the murderous sword of Saul, the treacherous sword of Absalom, the hurtful sword of Sheba who betrayed him, the waiting sword of some foreign enemy. But he said, you have delivered me. You have set me free. You have helped me against that hurtful sword. I've come to say something to somebody in this building today. You've had some hurtful swords drawn against your life. And they have left their mark on you. They have hurt you. And they have cut you deeply. But please hear me today. Don't let that define your life. Don't allow that to be the defining mark of your life. Let the marks of Christ be the defining mark of your life. As Paul said, I bear the marks of Christ in my body because the mark of Christ on my body supersedes the mark of man on my body. And what God can do in my life supersedes all that has happened in my life. Amen. Praise God. Sometimes you have to will yourself to do things. I will. I will arise and go to my Father. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I will magnify the Lord. I, the, the mind is telling you something different than the Spirit is telling you. But you got to make up your mind that your mind is not going to be called, c- c- controlled by the carnal nature, but by a spiritual nature. And that spiritual nature said that I am more than a conqueror through Him who strengthens me. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord and give Him praise. Sometimes you just have to will yourself to do it. There's not going to be any encouragers. I had a good friend of mine years ago when I first started pastoring. He said, I have some, I want to share something with you, Brother Hughes, that might help you in your life. He said, if you're waiting for somebody to say, boy, Brother Hughes, you're doing a great job. boy, Brother Hughes, you're doing a wonderful work. Get over it. It ain't going to happen. And I know people today that are not in ministry and not in church 
because they were waiting on somebody else to do what only they could do for themselves. There are times that you have to encourage yourself in the Lord. I hope, hey, I'm not waiting on you to get on your feet. I'm already on my feet. I'm not waiting for you to lift your hands. I've already got my hands up. I'm not waiting for you to give me the okay. I've already got the okay. Come on, clap your hands to him and praise him. I'm going to close with this. You, you can be seated for just a second. I thought it interesting, the word new. In most references in the scripture, the word new speaks of something fresh, something that has never been before. But in this particular usage of the word, the word new comes from a root word which means to repair or renew something that was already there. And it seemed to me that the Lord spoke to me and said, they got the words, they just don't have them in the right order yet. They're emphasizing the wrong thing. And I wish I had a good example of that right now, but my mind is blank. But you get the message of what I'm saying. Their emphasis is on the wrong thing. All of the components are there. They're just magnifying the wrong thing. And all of those components were a part of David's life. I mean, you can't deny what you've been through. I'm not telling you just ignore it and act like it didn't happen. You have to acknowledge it. It happened. It hurt. It's painful. It's discouraging. But he also recognized there's another choice that I have. And that choice is to stop living amid my fears and start living above my fears. Yeah. I'm going to stop living amid my troubles and I'm going to elevate my life and start living above my troubles. How do I do that? By taking the words that I already have and reordering them so that God is at the beginning, not me. Go back to what I said. In the original text, the original text does not say, I will sing a new song unto the Oh God. The original text said, Oh God, I will sing a new song unto you. That's the problem with some of us right now. We've got the words. We just got the wrong order. You need to get your eyes off of yourself. You need to get your eyes off of what you think you can or cannot do. I'm just telling you, God can do more than you can even imagine. He can do greater than you can even think. So get your mind off of you. Because you will limit what God can do in your life. When you get the order right. Oh God. <laughs> Woo. Oh God. I will sing a new song under the Lord. I have within my ability today the capacity to lift up my eyes unto the hills. 
from which cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord. Amen. I can't change the past. I can't alter what's been done. I can't change the feelings of others. I cannot change the thinking of many people. But I can change my attitude. And I can change the emphasis of my life. Oh God! (laughs) That's how you ought to greet every problem when you run into it next week. Oh God! Don't go into that problem and say, I don't know what I'm going to do, oh God. Why don't you start it with God? God. Oh God, when you say God, then you will do something that you're capable of doing. Oh, come on, stand to your feet and clap your hands to the Lord and give him some praise. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I cannot always change the problems of my life, but I can change the quality of the song in which I choose to sing my life story. For some people, their song is a dirge. It's a funeral song. Life is bad and it's getting worse. I don't know if I'm going to make it. I don't know if I can get through this. I don't know if I can overcome this. Oh, God. Oh, oh God. I can, I can run through a troop and I can leap over a wall. It's amazing what happens in your mind and your thinking when you get the order right. Change your song. Repair it. Start working on it. Say, God, help me. I I need to get this thing straight. I've had me before thee. Yeah. I wish that revelation would sink in really deep. Because that's, that's a revelation that you need. You have me before thee. Turn it. Reverse it. Thee before me. And when thee is before me, something transitional, transformational happens in our life. Amen. Amen. You have a lot to sing about today. He saved you. He rescued you. He released you. He restored you. He revived you. He taught you how to battle your foes. He taught you where your victory comes from. You have a lot to praise Him for today. Why don't you make up in your mind, I I have the power within myself Nobody else can do it for me. Nobody else can do it for me. But I will rejoice in the Lord. I will shout aloud. I will dance about. Amen.
pivotal hours in our life when we must make a choice of what we're going to do. Some of you are at that point today. You're going to let life keep driving you, beating you down, destroying your self-image, tearing you apart. Are you going to make a decision today? A God-ordered decision. Amen best decision that you can make in your life is to put God first. I said the best decision you can make in your life is to put God first. And when you put God first, He will enable you to sing in the midst of trouble and trials and heartbreak and disappointment discouragement. It doesn't matter. I will sing a new song. Praise God. Somebody needs to get up today. Somebody needs to get up today. Somebody needs to stop groveling in your problems. Somebody stop worrying your family, distressing those people around you that love you because you're just dragging around and in the mully grubs and Life couldn't get any worse. I have news for you. It can get worse. But here's the deal. If you put God in the right place in your life, it doesn't matter how bad life gets. (laughs) You're going to make it. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. And this is what happens. If you read the end of the 144th Psalm, you'll find out what happens when you, when you get God in the right place. Your homes will be happy. Your children will grow up strong. Your barns will be filled and overflowing. Your fields will be full of sheep. Your livestock will not miscarry. And your enemies will not invade. And there will be no breach in the walls. That's all in the concluding verses of that Psalm. That's what happens when you put God in His right place. Yeah. So God needs to hear your new song. And it's not trying to come up with, I don't know, Brother Hughes, I don't know what to say. i tell you what to say. Just say, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. When you start saying, oh, God, everything else begins to fall in place and find its proper place. Come on, let's come to the altar together. I'm not going to keep you but a moment. Praise God. A new song. Lord, oh, yes. I praise I you. I have the authority. Lord, I, I glorify your name. 